you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Tim Redmond. Welcome, Tim. Welcome. Well, hey, thank you for having me, Matt. It's going to be a great, great time together. I'm looking forward to it. I am super duper excited. Uh, like, like myself, you have a lot of good business background and so on. So I think we'll have a great conversation today. Just before we jump into it, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are. So let's change that and give us a little <laughs> bit of an introduction. Who are you and how have you ended up where you are right now? Well, I'm, uh, my claim to fame is I'm one of 11 kids. And so I've had to learn management skills from, uh, from very early on. I uh, graduated accounting. I worked as a CPA for PricewaterhouseCoopers. We grew a software company. A couple of years in that, I moved over to help grow a software company uh, that we grew up from two of us to about 400 employees, over 40 million a year. Sold it to Intuit, the makers of QuickBooks and Quicken, and um, and I. Uh, after we sold our business, I went to work for Intuit to help transition our twenty-two thousand clients over, and then I took about a ten-year hiatus from uh, a ten-year break from directly owning businesses and growing them to traveling around the world, speaking uh, to leaders, business leaders, government leaders, pastors of churches to help them run their organizations better. The same lessons I learned in growing this, this firm and, and uh, selling it and, and even the experience I had at PricewaterhouseCoopers, I brought in to help them grow their organizations. And then uh, about the last eight years, nine years or so, I've been full-time into coaching businesses and uh, the coaching kind of bit me in the rear, if you will. Um, people would uh, get done with a seminar and they say, well, can you help me with my business? Do you offer coaching services? I go, you know, what's your question? I'd spend a couple hours with them, not realizing that there are people that are charging fees for what I'm giving. So I'm like, wait a minute, you know? So I actually uh, started uh, to, to create a coaching service based on the demand that people had at the seminars I was conducting. And so now that's my full-time focus. I do some speaking, but I, I love taking somebody's business and just transforming it into a wealth building powerhouse that works for them instead of them being a slave to it. Yeah. That's uh, always great when you see that and when you experience that and I mean, you change people's life basically, right? Because most people it's, are. That's what I love about it. Yes. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, and it's, uh, we've got a good size firm. We've got, um, we're approaching a couple hundred uh, clients that we coach on a weekly basis, about 150, between 150 and 200, depends on what month it is. Uh, but um, we've done really well. We get huge results and it's not, how do you feel? And, and let's go to this seminar. And did you win by attending my little online video course? No, it's none of that. It's like, is your top line better? Is your bottom line better? Is your time freedom? Do you have more time freedom to chase your wife around 
some tropical island, buck naked or whatever is your kicks, you know, we want to make sure the business works for the owner. And uh, I have a, a dramatic statement that you or other people may not agree with, but I believe the number one purpose of the business is not to serve your customers. Now, if you don't serve your customers well, the business won't serve you well, but the number one purpose of your business is to serve the owner. So how does that owner want to be served? And so we reverse engineer the business to make sure your business is serving you and you're not just serving it. Yeah, that's uh, I love that because reality is a lot of people do the things they think they're supposed to do based right. on what everyone else is right. doing instead of yeah. actually looking at their business and saying, you know, how will this work for me? And, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people where, you know, we've turned around and they said like, oh, you know, I spend so much time on this and they're like, stop doing it. Um, and you're like, well, you know, if the client want to go on a call, you have to do it. I'm like, no, you put it in black and white in your contract before they sign, say, you cannot phone me if that's what you want, right? Uh, or you cannot, I don't know, you cannot, you'll not get a respondent anytime after Friday, 4 p.m. if that's what you want, right? So uh, again, it's uh, love, love that statement, love that statement. So what, what are the key things? Like if you, obviously you're, you're working with a, a lot of small business owners, but where, where do you see the number one area where most businesses are falling short from being able to deliver just that? Uh, well, I, there's, there's two main areas here. Uh, the first one is in the marketing. They don't really have a clear vision for their uniqueness. Um, as Seth couldn't refer to as the purple cow, uh, your cow looks like every other cow. And there's nothing, you know, he said, if you're not remarkable, you're invisible. And so it's really managing your business and leaning into it to make sure that you know what makes you different and combining that with what we call creating a no-brainer offer on that uniqueness. So you're not just standing out, but you have an easy way for them to take the next step. And so... There's a whole lot in that. And, and um, you know, the core of our, uh, your growth should be built on your reputation, not on some digital doodad or the latest fancy uh, internet uh, sales funnel. Uh, it's got to be built on your reputation, which is built on delivering your services at a higher level of excellence. It's following up, following through. The second thing, Matt's, is uh, really on hiring and building and training the team to do the work. And a lot of business owners, they micromanage, they're right close to it. They, they're very frustrated at the level of it, you know, the output and the productivity of their employees. And so they get rid of them. It's like a revolving door or people leave the good people leave because of the incompetence of management. So, you know, helping people uh, create an environment where employees are important, but you don't want to be held hostage by your employees. So there's a whole hiring system that, you like you like you're always always be recruiting is what we say, and then you're always training and getting really clear 
on what your expectations are and you have a regular do loop process or at least a weekly meeting where you evaluate you're on track or you're off track you're green you're green or you're red you know you're you're making it or you're falling short and a lot of companies don't have that clarity where the employees have a clear vision of how they can improve they just you know, they just slide by and until they get fired yeah. yeah. So I would, I would, I'll probably have started with the second one because that's that's the angle I see all the time. But, uh, right, but right. You're, you're, you're definitely. Uh, I mean, I the clients I tend to work with is people who have often figured out their marketing channel. I mean, they're often like a little bit bigger, right? So they've already right. got a solid offer. Obviously, it can always be improved and stuff, but right. but but they're often a little bit bigger. So I see the delegation piece and, and recruitment really is, is sort of the two main ones, right? And for the exact reasons that you just mentioned. So, and, and Matt, what I see too is once you get your team in place. First of all, you make the assumption that nobody's going to stay there. So you're always recruiting. There's a whole hiring system that we help people cut down their, their interview and their whole, the whole recruiting process by 75%, just saving a lot of time. But after that, it's creating what I call creating a cadence in your business. So you get clear what the expectations are and you reduce those down to what they call a key performance indicator, KPI, and I'm sure you preach this to your people. And then we have a, a, a regular meeting time where we set a, a predictable weekly schedule where we're going to address the issues. We're going to evaluate performance. And it's not like this big annual review. It's just looking at the little. And we take a look at here's the expectations. Here's what you actually did. You know, what did you learn? If you're in the red, how are you going to get in the green? And you, you, you press into them. You don't just have a monologue to your employees because they're, they're just chown out is you, you engage their brain to help them solve. How are you going to move from the red to the green, from underperforming to meeting the standard that we have. And it's through that cadence of regular accountability meetings uh, that really makes the business begin to hum, begins to run on its own momentum. Yep. We speak exactly the same language. So excellent. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and that, I mean, my, my, what I always tell people is that if performance isn't looked at regularly, people think you don't care. Because in so many businesses, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, here you're an employee, blah, 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 whatever happens, happens. And, uh, a lot of the time, reality is in many bigger businesses, people don't care. But when you are particularly a smaller business, I mean, you should care anywhere, wherever you are, but particularly in a smaller business, right. you cannot afford not to care because right. the problem is you can't afford to just go out and hire 20 people that are sitting twiddling the traps, right? Like right. in a small business, you need to make the money you're investing drive growth. And it only will if your staff is actually delivering a solid output, right? I. You and I are, are singing from the same hymn book, if you will. <laughs> definitely, definitely. So um, when, you, when you go through with clients, how, how often does it typically take from, from you start a client engagement to you feel the clients get to the point where they want to be or where you want them to be? Well, we, we have two phases here. 
The first phase is, uh, we call it our three month boost. And what we'll do is during those first three months of working with the client, we'll identify all the pain points <clears throat> where all the squeaky wheels are. And we'll look at all the areas of the business and we'll chart a, a coaching pathway that we may not have it humming at the end of three months, but we set up the blueprint and then we're a coaching company that is, uh, uh, we're a do it for you and a do it with you uh, coaching company. I did a, uh, for years, I was a coaching company that says, do these seven things or do these four things. And here's the three things that rhyme that you have to remember. And uh, they come back the next week, uh, we'd meet with them and uh, well, how'd you do on getting this? Oh, I'm too busy, I'm overwhelmed. So. We have a, an implementation team that does most of the work for them, where we, we lay out a blueprint in the marketing, the sales, the hiring process, uh, usually their, um, the accounting, uh, you know, most, most of our companies are 10, 10 employees or less, but we, we have a lot of companies that are over hundred million, but most of them, when they start with us, they have 10 employees or less. And so a lot of these things are not laid down, laid out, but we, we, we make sure that um, they have a, a clear blueprint. We help implement that on the marketing, on the sales, on the hiring, on the accountability systems, creating that weekly schedule, that, that cadence in their business. We get this all set up for them. Usually they'll get... Uh, two or three times their investment during this time. I mean, they'll see fairly immediately re results. But then we go on a month by month after that just to continually helping them implement and holding them accountable to getting these high results. We, we had one plumber in, uh, in Denver that started with us. They're about $90,000 a month. And uh, the two owners were working between 80 and 90 hours a week. They, they were a slave to the business and we're about two years and now four months into it. And we laid that foundation, the blueprint we implemented, and we've, we've been continuing to, to work with them. They now, they just topped $600,000 a month, just this last month in January. And they're working between 40 and 45 hours a week. Uh, the business is behaving for them. They just told me they've got a million, $1.4 million in the bank. Uh, Cause we get into getting people to aggressively save just to the discipline of it. And uh, they're like in hog heaven. And I just had a meeting with our top clients. Uh, and uh, the one partner was down in Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> just enjoying them. So he, he hadn't done that for years. So that's the kind of stuff we like to see. Solid, solid. Yeah, it's good. And and I mean, the, the whole thing is, what I always tell people is, it's not rocket science, right? Like there, there's definitely things to be done and there's so logical true. things. There's logical things people don't know just because they haven't been in it, right? Like it's not right. like people right. are purposely not doing what they know they should be doing right but a lot of it is what one part of it is mindset and i, I spend a lot of time on that right because many right. many people are still like ingrained in the i'm a worker bee 
mindset. Right, and, right. and the problem is you, you need to get out of that. Like the second you start managing other people, the second you start running a business, you, you need to get out of that mindset if you want to be successful, right? Because you, so you, 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 you cannot be in a situation where you're constantly thinking about your own performance and your own, you know, oh, what did I do today? Did I, did I run out and did X, Y, Z? Like that, that doesn't matter anymore. When you manage other people, the only thing that matters is what they do, right? Yeah, that's so true. So true, Matt. I mean, obviously you've been in this business. I, I checked you out and uh, you have a training that you provide at no cost. I'm like, are you crazy? This is like meaty stuff you put in that. So I, I, I did my homework on you beforehand and, uh, you know, you walk the talk. Um, you're, you know, this is really, really solid stuff. And it sounds like we have some very similar uh, approaches. Um, I, I also provide like a, like a whole service bureau marketing approach to do redo the website or to do all their SEO and their online advertising and their digital marketing. And, you know, we, we handle all that. So we, you know, we're, we, we help them in setting up all the structure, but we also help in the monthly, just keeping all the marketing going and helping them close more sales. But yeah, it's, it, you know what I'm talking about with all this. It's, stuff. it's, it's about, you need to find your zone of genius, right? So for me, it's, it's always been the passion. Like I actually saw it back from the corporate world when I saw, you know, people constantly getting promoted into these positions that no that no idea what they were doing. And <laughs> it was, it, it, it's such a shame because the thing is you take people who are great performers, you perform them into a job where they have no idea what they're doing and you don't give them any support because you don't right. really know what you're doing either. Uh, like, again, people are not trying to be bad people. They just don't know any better. And yeah. the whole thing is that if, if you actually go and invest a little bit, particularly in your managers, right? I mean, <laughs> If, if you're running a business, if you're promoting people into management, that's because they're worth investing in, right? And yeah. you definitely, definitely need to give them. Like, just because someone is a good salesman doesn't automatically make them a, a, a great um, a manager for a sales team, right? Now, my philosophy is, so a lot of people saying that you often can, but my philosophy is if someone have the skills to learn to be an amazing salesman, they can also learn how to be a great manager. That's a really good point. They, they, they aren't by nature because no one is just like everyone else. They need to learn it. But a lot of the time people get disappointed and they promote someone who's great at a job and say, Oh, you know, I thought that would be so good. But, and, and it's usually because they don't get the right support. Most people right. in my experience can learn to be great managers uh, business owners uh, again it people are different and they need to work different that you need to use your strength so, differently so good but people yeah. can learn it yeah and i uh i mean it, it's to get real tactical and practical with that is you know how much of your gross sales what percentage of your gross sales are you are you allocating to pour in training wise for your um for your people to hire somebody like Matt to say, let me, let me fine tune them and their productivity will double here in this time. Or, you know, it's like setting time aside in your calendar. Well, I'm too busy for that. Well, you're too busy not to do it. You know I mean? If you want the business to bow down and to serve you, 
you know, you've got to, you've got to invest in it. So it's setting time blocking some time to train your people and, and getting folks involved from the outside that are experts at helping to set up the kind of blueprint you need. You know, that's the kind of stuff that really helps the company begin to move towards uh, working for you instead of you working for it. So and sometimes I, I, I tell people and it's, it's a little bit like raising kids, right? And not, not saying that employees <laughs> are kids, but the whole concept is that if you have kids and you don't spend time with them, like you're literally too busy to spend time with them. And then you wonder why they don't grow up right. and behave well, or they don't grow up and have a solid attitude and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, there's no need to wonder, right? Like just like everyone else, kids, kids learn things by getting supported by, by, by having people around that, that care about them. Right. And it's exactly the same thing when you're looking at employees, right? Like right. no one ever wakes up in the morning and says, I want to go do a bad job today. Like yeah. it doesn't happen. I, I've never met someone, right? Yeah. So the whole point is that people want to do a good job. If they're not doing a good job, it's not because they don't want to. It's because they don't know how to. It's because they're confused. It's because stuff are not clear. And if they're not doing a good job, that's not their fault in principle. It, it falls back to you yeah. as, as a business owner. Or a manager. So, And then if we think, well, they don't want to, and you assume a negative motive on, on them, then you're going to project that negativity towards them. It shuts them down further. And that's why I like to say in management, I like to say, you know, to leaders, to CEOs, business owners, first the environment, then their behavior, meaning people are going to react and respond to the environment you create. And so, you know, how much of this activity is reacting to the dysfunction you're bringing into the company versus how much of it is really their behavior because you've created this environment of growth and opportunity for training and this kind of thing. And they're just shutting it down. Well, those are two different things, but you know, an effective leader first goes inward before they go outward. Um, ineffective leaders will first go outward and blame versus going inward to say, what can I do to create a better environment? So leaders, re leaders really focus on creating an environment for their people to, to be productive. So anyways, that says it in line with what you're talking about here. Yeah. And, and again, like it's it, fundamentally, it, it's, it's my number one recruitment thing, right? Like when I look for people, the one thing I look for is do they take responsibility for their situation? Whatever yeah. it is. Because yeah. reality is, I've always found that if people take responsibility for where they are in life, then they're generally going to be a better employee. Whereas everything else being equal, if you have someone that keeps blaming everyone else, yes, you can definitely train them up. Yes, they can definitely learn things. But it's one of the, for me, it's one of the easiest hacks of actually finding people who will do great work because you want people who take ownership when they make mistakes. You want people... Right who figure stuff out instead of just sitting around blaming anyone else for whatever isn't working. Right. Really good. Yeah. So, so agree with that. Awesome. So Tim, um, from your personal experience, what's the biggest mistakes you have ever made? Um, Management wise. Yeah. Well, it um, leadership and management first starts inward again before you go outward and so 
one of my biggest mistakes, the most costly mistakes is we're actually going to share it in the next session here. When No, I'm just kidding. I uh, just want to make sure people are interested to hear it. Um, it's a lack of all allocating time at the beginning of my day for power planning. And so there's a whole process for power planning where I'm, I actually will, I've got two documents that I update, my calendar and my master to-do list. And so I'll go through, I'll go through all my emails and texts and whatever, and I'm assigning things to this or that, or I'm delegating out, or I, you know, the four Ds is either I delete it. If I can delete it, I delete it. Can I delegate it? You know, I want to delegate it. Can I delay it? Does it have to be done now? Or is it really going to be better done two weeks from now? Or do I do it? And if I do it, I assign it to either the calendar or my to-do list. And um, not, and then, then I have a pattern where I ask myself the same anywhere. It's from six to eight questions. I got seven questions where it, it brings me through all aspects of the company where I think about it brand new every morning. And it makes me think about what's, what do I need to address? What do I need to work on? What, do, what needs improvement? What needs praise or congratulations? And so I'm going through this process it takes me a little bit of time, but when I have my act together, I'm really clear at, at what I need to do to help improve the organization. It helps me interact with people that much better. And uh, when I'm going and I'm just shooting from the hip, which I've done for many weeks and months and years, <laughs> not perfect. Uh, it's cost me a lot of money, but just shooting from the hip and not taking the time to manage my own time, Matt, has really cost me a lot. And uh, so that's like almost a rich, you know, like a religious ritual that I follow now. So, Yeah, yeah I, I, I do it on a weekly basis, but same concept, really just sitting down. And for me, it's always about business priorities, right? So I one, I sit down and I'll look at my calendar. If I say, you know, this quarter, my focus is sales. That's what's going to move me forward. If I look at my calendar and I see, you know, 80% of what's on my calendar is not about sales, then I know I haven't got my priorities aligned, right? Now, obviously, yeah. sometimes shit happens, but most of the time, the whole thing is you want to make sure that your calendar and what you're planning to do actually align with the with the priorities that you tell yourself at least really that good. you have in the business. Because if you don't, then again, as, as you said, you're going to end up working on the wrong things. Or you're going to do whatever comes. Actually, what you do is what comes easy. And it's, it's one of those areas where people also don't delegate well because they're like, oh, you know, I can do that. It takes five minutes. But the whole problem is that, you know, if you know I shouldn't be doing it because this is not a priority, then it, yeah. It, it makes it much easier. It, take, it, 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 take, it may take a little bit of time, but what it's doing is taking brain space that is taken away from creative uh, hovering, is what I call it, where you're hovering over the problem, not run away from it. And you get distracted by so many little things that you don't get the big thing really focused on. It requires intense thought over more than five minutes. And... Uh, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think it's really, really important just to continue to re 
look at your business, relook at it. And I do it daily just because it's, it's, uh, there's enough going on and I've, I've got the coaching division and I've got a business acquisition division. And so there's a lot of things that we're looking at, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I really, really important. Like what's the most important thing for you to get done today and, and to focus on getting that done and is been something that's cost me a lot. Uh, but it's when I implement it, it's, it's, it's caused our business to be one of the bigger coaching organizations. And in, in the, actually, I think in the world now that, cause I'm part of a, a group of everybody that's, you know, multi-million dollar coaching organization. And, um, and there's, there's not many in that level. So, but yeah, I, uh, I, that, that would be the answer to that, Matt's. So love it. Love it. Well, Tim, thank you very, very much for, for joining me today. Before we finish off, any any sort of recommended resources or any other sort of things you want to recommend for people? Here yeah, what, what I do is, uh, what I do, Matt, is we, we offer uh, folks what we call a growth plan. And a growth plan is we'll look at the strengths and weaknesses of the business. We really look at the marketing, the sales, the the hiring, the, 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 the data management, you know, and, and just really look at the whole company. Uh, we get a, a three-year goal going and then we give, give them at least eight concrete steps to take to, to get to that goal. We normally charge $2,500 for that process. It's a very involved process. Your eyeballs are opened up here. But if they identify the people that are on the show, if they identify themselves as being part of Matt's group, we're going to waive that $2,500. So I'd like to be able to provide a growth plan. It's just a great way of looking at your business. Um, and they can email me directly. It's just Tim at RedmondGrowth.com. It's R-E-D-M-O-N-D, growth, G-R-O-W-T-H. Tim at RedmondGrowth.com or look at Redmond Growth Consulting. Get a hold of us, identify yourself as uh, just say Matt's awesome or Matt's cool, and then um, and then we'll waive that fee. So I'd love, love to be able to provide that to your folks. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, Tim. That sounds like an awesome opportunity for people. So excellent. Very good. Thank what, you. What is the best way generally to contact you if people are eager to get hold of you after they hear this conversation? Well, they can go to our website, Redmond Growth. So it's R-E-D-M-O-N-D Growth, G-R-O-W-T-H.com. And there's forms to fill out there to get a hold of us. If they wanted to email me directly, I mean, I've got a lot of uh, staff here, uh, but I, I like to handle, I like to like personally handle the people that uh are part of your group here and so they can email me directly tim at redmondgrowth.com is probably the best way so either email or website and uh, and uh, hope hopefully i can be of help to some of these people awesome well tim thank you very much for joining me today that was a super yeah. interesting conversation really enjoyed it Matt. thank you for having me Thank you. And for the audience, thank you for listening all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.